good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Trocho Podcast presented by the SwaffReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. If I sound different, it's probably because I'm still getting over a sinus infection, so uh, bear with me here. I'll probably be taking more liquid drink breaks here uh, than I normally normally do. Uh, however, I come on here and well, I feel like I feel like it's Groundhog Day, right? Like we're getting to the point where it's a new episode, but I feel like I'm saying the same exact thing because we look at what happened yesterday in Warrensburg. Again, very great first half of football. It was back and forth. Um, UCO was in the game, only down by four at the half against a much improved football team. You got to give UCM head coach Jock Lamerson there a ton, a ton of credit. That is a completely different football team than what UCL saw last year. Uh, and, and I was not surprised. Uh, and then we look at what happened in the second half. Once again, offensively, uh, it failed to score the football. Uh, there was no pick six this time. Matter of fact, there was no picks, period, because the secondary, it, we got to call it what it is, they got absolutely cooked. The, the, the secondary got 100% deep-fried and lard cooks for the whole game, okay? Now, that, right, and that's why I didn't want to make judgment on that until we saw a, a better passing quarterback, okay? Because we know T.J. Davis, not the best passer, so I was waiting to reserve true judgment on that. Uh, I, we, if we're being honest here, the only, the only corner I was impressed with was J.K. Moore. I, I, I have to give him credit. I know he's battling cramps, I think it was. I think he only allowed maybe two, three catches. Uh, I, he was about the only one close to the man the vast majority of, of the, of the time. Have to give him credit. Uh, and the rest, it, it just was bad. Okay, Monte Davis, he got cooked. Uh, Kaisha Murray, he had, a, I think he had a few passionate friends calls. He got cooked. Jamori was, uh, given the circumstance, probably second best corner out there. Uh, I, Kobe Stevens had probably the worst game of his career. We, 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 we're just being honest here. Uh, seeing it was very slow to react. It just. You know, and again, I don't know if that's if that's because the the he was trying to make up a lot of ground because of the corners. I don't know. It just did not appear like he had a good football game. Um, I I felt like Raekwon Wiggs had to make up too much ground. I, even even then, I, he got he got beat. It just was not. It was not good. It was not good, especially when you consider the fact that the that the front seven was still getting pressure. Uh, we have to check the uh, numbers there to 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 see to see exactly how many sacks they had. All I know is they made UCM's quarterback roll out the pocket several times, uh, and he still was able to find the open man. Like this was the this is a repeat of last year because again we saw what happened last year. The defensive front would get pressure; it did not matter. People would still be open. Okay, like that. At a certain, at a certain point, at a certain point, we just got to get this fixed. 
that like, it, it, it is what we have to get this fixed. And I know they threw out a bunch of corners, uh, a bunch of defensive backs out there. Again, I'm telling you, from what I saw, from what I saw when I was watching that, only one of note to me was J.K. Moore. Okay, like the, <laughs> the rest, I couldn't tell a difference between who was who because people were running wide open. They were late to 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 react again. I they was watching people make the catch. Was not attacking the football. Uh, if we was in zone, I, people were not in the right spot. Like it just was very, very, very awful secondary play that has to be fixed moving forward. Because I know it, because Missouri Western is coming to town, and I, I, I'm telling you. Uh, I know they played They played Lincoln yesterday. You're not going to take much of that. But if you recall, they did score 38 against Central Missouri in the season opener, That I'm, and they can pass the football. I'm telling you right now, it could be a repeat. It could be a very long season if we do not get the secondary fixed. We just got to call it what it is here because, it, 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 again, this is, this is the, the secondary – and the fact we can't score the football in the second half, okay, is is going to make this a long season. It's going to make it a, a very long season because we killing the defense in the second half. You have to give the defense credit. They still they were still giving UCO a chance in that second half, and then obviously at a certain point, like we we gotta we have to. We have to get points. We have to have sustained drives. We couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I, I felt like we went away from the ground game maybe a little bit too much. Uh, I know when we came out there, we were trying to establish the pass game, which I was not surprised because I know Coach Droll said that they, they that's something that they have to get going. So I was not surprised that that was the focal point. Uh, I, in terms of the pass game, it was much improved. Uh, I I can't tell you the passing numbers, but just the fact that I don't think Oscar Hammond had a single catch. Okay, like I, I we saw receivers out there by far the best day of Terrell Davis's young career, the sophomore receiver out of Choctaw. Well of a game that like he made some some very tough catches there. Christian Romero had his best game so far. It's only been two games, but. Look, looked really good out there. Out there too. I think Jacob Delso had a couple of catches, but I think he had a few drops as well. Uh, it, it was it was better. It was much better from the standpoint of receivers making the catches instead of it just being Oscar Hammond. So that is a positive. I thought the offensive line thought the offensive line again was solid. Um, we had uh, we had. We had a was it a hold? We did a hold or a false start on Noah again. We just again, I sound like we have to get that fixed. Like we no, we can't keep having these penalties. We can't keep you can't keep getting behind the chains. Uh, I I thought we still ran the, ran the ball well. Um, I know we was I felt like we were stopped a few times on third and short. I think we still averaged over four yards of carry. Uh, right. I mean it just. But if the pass game is struggling, right, it's going to make it tough to run the run the the the, the, the ball. Uh, we're looking at Steph. He had what he had two touchdown runs in the first half. 
Yeah, both of you shows touchdowns. Uh, I will say the red zone scoring, and we're looking for positives here, was better. I think they were what two out of the three trips uh, in the first half, and two were touchdowns. So you have to give them credit on that front as well. However, if they had went three for three, we were looking at a what was it, at a, at a, at a three point halftime deficit. Uh, so you know, which wouldn't have mattered the way they played offensively in the second half. But again, that is progress because we can, we can't become Dallas Cowboys. Uh, or Texas Longhorns and kick a bunch of field goals when we get inside the red zone. Uh, I was glad for Nicky Nicky Cavado. He did hit his only uh, field goal and his two extra extra points. I think he had a kick. I think he had a few kickoffs that were um, were touchbacks. So I'm glad he had a rebound there because I know sometimes for kickers it, it's tough when you have a, a, a bad a bad game. So I want to give him credit there for rebounding well. I was very pleased with David Vargas in the punt game. Again, I say this every week. I feel obligated to say it. I don't know what Swasu did to fumble the bag, but I greatly appreciate it. Uh, one of the best punters in the in the conference. Um, I, I, that, in, ter- in terms of positives, in terms of positives, that, that might that that might be it. That might be it. Because we, we can't... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know what happens in the second half of... When when we come out the locker room. I, I, I don't... I don't know. I don't know if we're not making adjustments. I don't know if we're getting too relaxed. I, I don't know what's happening offensively in the second half. Because the defense is ready to play in the second half most of the time. I mean... Even you look today, there were several third downs. I, I think that I think you should allow fifty percent on third on third down. Several third downs, they had them, but again the coverage was not there and they converted. I felt given given the secondary woes, the I thought the defense did the best they could do. There, there was not a lot of penalties defensively. Uh, I, I it it just it is what it is. Like when it, the the front seven can only do so much, okay, and and so that's there. We we saw this. We saw this last year. This seems to be where we're headed again this year. It's unfortunate. Thought we would get that, get that fixed. We at a certain point. Does it like we we have to consider right? I know it'd be very great, right, if we redshirt guys like Jalen Franklin. We redshirt guys like like Cam Monahan, right? That would be fantastic. But, like, we have to consider, at a certain point, if the corners we have out there is not getting it done, I feel like you have to explore all options. Okay? Because we can't, we can't sit here in week two and allow 400 yards passing and have a pass rush at the same time. Like, that does not equate. Okay, like UCM's quarterback, I, very good quarterback. I give him that. Very, very, very good quarterback. Very decisive thrower. Okay, but like we were making him at times look like Caleb Williams here. Like we have to do better in the secondary if we want to reach the goals. If we want to see the potential of this team that we know is there that we saw in the first half because. 
in the first half, it seemed like every time Central Missouri scored, UCO responded. It was a great back and forth game. You had to have been pleased there with what you were seeing in the first half. If UCO played that way in the second half offensively, they might have won this football game because the defense gave them stops when they had a chance to take the lead offensively throughout the football game, and they couldn't do it. They, they, they couldn't do it, and again, that is a problem. We have, you have to take advantage of the stops, and, and that, that, that just was not a thing. It, it, just, it just was very disheartening that there was no improvements made in that, in that area. I mean, officially, officially in the second half, it was, it was bad. As a matter of fact, I took a screenshot uh, but, but, uh, when they still had the, the live stats up shortly after the game went final. Just so I can tell you the, 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 the numbers for UCO in, this, in the third and fourth quarter offensively. Okay, we looked in the third quarter. UCO had a whopping two first downs in 15 minutes of football, only 49 yards of offense on 16 plays in 15 minutes of football. They barely averaged a yard a minute in that third quarter. Okay, 0-4 on third downs in the third quarter, 0-1 on fourth. We go to... Did I get the fourth quarter? Man, I didn't get the fourth quarter. But regardless, like that, we you you can't right, like you can't come out the locker room and put up that kind of numbers. Like you you just you just can't. You got the ball coming out the locker room, chance to take the lead, have a nice long sustained drive, and I think they went three and out. Cannot do that. Okay, we can't have the ball. We can't drive the ball in plus territory, get to a fourth down, don't convert. Can't do that. Like we have to fit. Have to have sustained drives. We have to finish drives. At this point, even if the drives end in field goals, you're still adding points because the defense is not allowing the score on every single drive. Like they just, it just. I don't. We have to get that fixed. It's just to the point now. We have to get that fixed. I don't know what changes need to be made in the second half. I do. I don't know if it's a mindset thing. I don't know if it's an adjustment thing. I just know it has to be figured out, and it has to be figured out very quick. Because unless we score in 40, 50 points in the in the in the first half, okay, like we're not gonna win football games in the, in, the, in this in this conference against a meaningful team. Like, we're just not going to do that unless the defense is going to score for you every time in the second half, which to me is is, is a is impossible ask. Okay, so something has to give here now. Either special teams' defense scores for you in the second, in, in the, in the second half or the offense finds a way to generate offense and score in the second half because I, something has to give here if we want to beat somebody other than Northeastern State and Lincoln. Like, it, it, it's going to be the case, okay, because it's it going to work. If you were watching the game Saturday, okay, you saw what happened down there in, in Houston between Rice and Houston. Rice had a 28 nothing lead late in the first half against Houston. They, from that, they got shut out from that point on. Houston scored 28 straight points. 
They went to double overtime. Rice ended up ended up winning it, winning winning the game. But again, you can't go you can't go over two quarters and not get a single point. In today's college football, is not going to work. You're probably going to lose that football game. And we saw last week that was not for J.K. Moore pick. They would have lost that game probably. And then we see, we just saw what happened yesterday. They didn't score a single point in the second half. They lost the game. So we, we we just have to get that fixed moving forward because I just would hate to see the potential of the season go to the wayside because offensively we can't figure out a way to move the ball down the field for even two or three drives. Like we, I'm not even asking to get – it'd be nice to score on, 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 on every drive, sure. But if we just get two scoring drives in the second half, like – we could win a lot of football games. We just have to get that figured out because otherwise it's going to be a very, a very long season. I'm going to come on here every week sounding like a broken record that I'm sure nobody associated here wants to hear. So we're going to go ahead and get into the recap here. UCO will win the Quantos. I think they would defer. I was trying to get, um, I actually was trying to log on right as they did the they coin toss because uh, I was watching it. I, I had a recording on my setup for um, content making, and I was watching it on another computer while I was while I had the Colorado uh, Nebraska game on in the in the in the background there. Uh, so and and and, and I want to by, by the by, by the way I don't know why that. Uh, why people were surprised and Nebraska was giving them a game. Like people, people forget that Scott, uh, that that Matt Matt Rule is a very good defensive coach. I just, yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, so UCO would uh, they would get the stomp on the first drive after a second down sack. I'm not sure who had a sack. I have to look at the um, I have to look at the at like the 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 play by play to figure that out. I was like, it was. It was a Reed Lindsay sack. So that was the first sack of Reed Lindsay's career in a UCO uniform. So shout out there to Reed. Um, UCO, however, wouldn't make the stop count. They would end the drive in a 30-yard field goal uh, with after a very beautiful display of passing from uh, to uh, Thrill Davis, Jacob Delso, and then a nice fourth down conversion. Uh, by Andrew Corney, uh, however, they they did have three bad plays there when they got inside the red zone because they had a four yard loss on second down, and then you had what should have been a touchdown on a swing pass to Mason Willingham on the first down uh, that would then result in a field goal. It would give UCO, however, a three zero lead. At the nine nineteen, I mean UCO, give UCO a three to zero lead at the nine nineteen mark. So again, you're feeling you're feeling confident there. You got an early lead. You would like it for it to have been seven. It probably should should have been seven. But regardless, it was a great start. UCO did not start fast on the road last year, so uh, you you were you were hoping for for a uh, for a lot. However, Central Missouri responded. They converted a fourth down and then would get a touchdown pass on on third and goal. Probably the best coverage of the whole football game because I can't remember if it was if it was if it was 
It was Jake. If it was it was I feel like it was either JK or um Raekwon with whoever they had the tightest coverage humanly possible. It was just a great pass and catch. Uh that we give Central Missouri a 7-3 lead at the 533 mark. Uh UCO was quickly intercepted on the following drive. Uh, it was is unfortunate too, because he had I think it was Delso. It was either Delso or TD, just wide open in the middle of the field. Uh, Steph's pass was batted at the line of scrimmage, and uh, the linebacker was able to corral it. It, just, it all was tragic. Cause I'm telling you, I saw it. <laughs> Everybody saw it. What was about to happen? If the pass was not tipped, um, so no that that was that was uh fortunate it gave them the ball at the uco 40 uh 41 ucm would capitalize on that they converted a third down a third and long on a tight end screen uh, and then they had a td pass on a tunnel screen after amante davis passing the fairs i think it was in the end zone if i'm not mistaken again very bad game for amante davis probably the worst amante davis game i've seen since missouri western last year just got absolutely cooked uh, and I, I mean that thoroughly, like, got absolutely cooked. Um, it just, again, we need we need more if he's supposed to be, a t- you know, a starting a starting corner. Like, we can't we can't get beat like that, man. We just, I get, I get yeah, you, you're not going to win every snap as a corner, but we got to win, we got to win more than we lose. And, and I, we lost way more than we won. Um, so that would give, uh, UCM a 14-3 lead that they would take into the second quarter. UCO was pinned uh, inside the 15. However, they would have, again, a very nice sustained touchdown drive um, as they had a they had a big Terrell Davis catch added, added by a Trayvon Wolfwood run and a beautiful Steph run on third down. That would lead to a Stephon Brown touchdown run at the 1049 mark, making it a four-point game. So again, you're feeling good about this. This is a back, this is just this is exactly what we thought was gonna happen. A back and forth game. UCO is responding, they're answering the bell. They had a beautiful drive there that ended in a I could get to the that ended in a where is it? Where, four a 14-yard touchdown run by, by by Steph. Okay, so like you're you're feeling you're feeling you're feeling you're feeling good. Uh UCL, however, on the kickoff, it would go out of bounds, give UCM the ball at the 35, and then uh two two plays on that on that on that drive resulted in a UCM touchdown. First, you had a pass interference call on Conshaw Murray. Just, then he just got beat. Uh, he, he, I mean, usually, usually, if you're, if you're, if you're beat, I mean, I feel like he, he did do the right, the right, right thing there. Uh, and then Marlowe should have had a pass. He should have had a pick. Mar- Marlowe should have had a pick. It went right through his hands. I mean, it went right through his hands at all. He, he, he read it perfectly. He was there. He just couldn't make the, make the catch. It went through his hands. Uh, and then it went into the UCM receiver's hands, and then they would get the touchdown after a mostly missed tackle. Again, a twenty-one to ten game at the eight twenty-one mark. 
However, on the ensuing kickoff, Darius Melton would have a good, a great return, actually. And then it would be uh, a late hit also on that. They hit the man when he went out of bounds. Give UCL the ball at their own 40, 40, 45, which they would quickly capitalize on in a 40-second drive uh, after a Christian Romero catch, a Trayvon Wolford run. There was a penalty on the defense. I think it was a... You know, was it a was it a, a face mask? Offside, I don't remember offhand what it was. However, it would lead to Steph's second touchdown run of the game, UCL's final touchdown of the game, uh, and it would make it a twenty-one to seventeen game at the seven thirty thirty-four mark. The defense would then come up big. They forced a missed forty-two yard field goal. Uh, and thanks to Central Missouri missing three deep shots. One was actually really good, really good, really good, really good coverage. The other two, they just missed because I think Raekwon got beat. And then, um, I want to say it was Avante that got beat. It was either Avante or, um, Tyshawn that got, that got beat on the other one, I feel like. Um, so it would still remain 21-17 at the 328 mark. UCL was not able to capitalize. They had a turnover on downs. Steph threw the ball to an open Delso, but threw it behind Delso, who had the first down at the 36-second mark. Uh, UCO, however, would force a stop there and then end the half down 21-17. So again, right, you're thinking it's a good ball game. Right, if they convert that fourth down, maybe they're able to at least get a field goal on that on that on that drive, narrow the gap, or best case scenario, they get a touchdown on that drive. They take the lead, heading heading into them to, to into the locker room, and you're feeling good. You're still feeling good because they got a big stop prior to the to the half. Right, they forced the miss field goal. They were able to to stop them from scoring at the end of the at the end of the first half. They got the ball coming out the locker room. You feel like offensively here, they had really good drives, right? They had long sustained drive. They was able to capitalize on the short field. You come out the second half, you you have a you have a nice scoring drive, and you have another great half of football. Unfortunately, that did not happen as UCO would go three and out on the opening drive after a missed Andrew Carney block on third down. However, David Vargas would uh, would punt the ball down to the UCM 23, where UCO would quickly force a three and out. However, UCM's punter, not to be outdone, would pin UCO inside their own four. On the following drive, UCO, um, after UCO had to, had to uh, punt a punt the ball. Uh, for uh, uh, the the defense would get a fourth down stop. Mosley had a clutch PBU. I have to give Mosley credit though because this is second straight week. He's made a very big, 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 big uh, pass breakup there. Glad to see he's at least improving in the coverage standpoint. Um, so I I, I just wanted to give him credit on that. Uh, however, you saw it didn't turn turn the ball over on downs. Now, what was what was unfortunate here? The refs threw a defensive holding or they given UCL the first down. They then talked about it, picked up the flag. Now, I, to me, to me, it was clear defensive holding. Now, I, 
I'm bone to pick with the UCM commentators that because first of all, they accuse UCO of faking injuries on defense to slow them down. Listen, listen. I, I gee, and, and they called it. They called us bushly. I take great, great, great offense to that. I do. I don't believe our players were, were faking cramping. Okay, like let's just go to like I. I get it. Yes, offensively. You're going, you're going fast. I know they said it wasn't like a thousand degrees outside. It's still early in the season. Like it's still hot. People still not in tremendous game shape yet. Like I, I took great personal, a personal offense to that. Like I, I that really, that really stuck in my crawl. Uh, I, 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 other than I had no problem with the commentary outside of that. Um, that they were, they were really good. Um, they, 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 they knew their stuff. But that just really, 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 really irked me. Like, don't, don't, don't question the integrity of the guys. Like, you don't know. No, don't. Please don't do that. Um, however, the, however, the, the, the call was overturned somehow. Uh, again, I don't, I don't see how it wasn't a defensive holding. The main was a defensive holding. Uh, I know Coach Doral had a long convo after they overturned that that uh, that, that that call. I was unfortunate. So it gave uh, UCM the ball at the 355 mark. They were capitalized on that with a TD pass to the running back out, out of the backfield. And at 28 to 17 at the 26 second mark in the third. However, UCO would go three and out to end the quarter. They had a, I mean, there's a beautiful throw by Steph. Over the shoulder to Dell, so he could not make the catch. And then Corny on that wheel route he was so good at last year dropped a wide open minimum, minimum 20 yard gain. Uh, so, you know, again, like you can't, we can't have that. There we again, two chances right there. We hit the deep ball of Dell, so that pushes us, I believe, in UCM territory. Right, we we at least in Carney you get a substantial gain and a first down, but we have to punt the ball. Another second half drive gone to waste. UCM will open up the fourth with a touchdown at the thirteen thirty five mark after Jamori got beat inside on a post route, bringing it thirty five to seven seventeen. Um, on the kickoff, uh, Kobe Stevens. I, I, I love Kobe to death. I, I, I truly do. But we get again. We ran the ball out the end zone on the second half on the opening opening kickoff of the second second half. Did not get to the twenty five. Right it, this time he fielded the kick with one foot out of bounds. Gave the ball at the UCO third thirteen. Um, despite a targeting call that was a blatant tar- targeting call. Even though the UCM guys were trying to argue left and right that it wasn't a targeting call, it was clear as day. Uh, the drive would end in a punt after Steph was set on third down. Then UCM would put the nail in the coffin with a touchdown at the 507 mark. They missed the extra point, making the 41 to 17. Um, after that would be when UCL would put in the bag. We saw the debut of Dawson Earl. 
and I believe was Brandon Tolbert a running back? Is is Brandon Tolbert? I think it was Brandon Tolbert. I have to check the roster now. Uh, but we we did see we did see a lot of backups in there, um, and no one else would score. I I kind of quit watching at a certain point. It just no, it was Will Mason in there, the freshman out of Coweta. Okay, uh, yeah. So it it just it just was not good there, and you said go on to lose forty one to seventeen, being outscored in the second half twenty to nothing. Looking at the numbers. You show offensively on the day, 22 first downs, 136 yards rushing at 4.4 yards carry, 196 yards passing, 332 yards of offense on 67 plays. The 2 or 12 on third downs, again, can't, that's not winning football. 1 or 3 on fourth, not winning football. 3 or 3 in the red zone. The week, three, yeah, three or three or three in 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 the red zone. Two or two on PATs, one on one on field goal. Then for UCM, twenty nine first downs, only eighty four yards rushing, uh, two point eight yards of carries. So again, the front seven did they job. Uh, four hundred yards passing, five touchdowns, four hundred eighty four yards of offense on eighty five plays. Held them to 8 of 16 on third, 1 of 2 on fourth, 4 of 5 in the red zone, uh, 5 of 6 on PATs, all 1 on field goals. Then we're looking at the individual numbers. Uh, Steph led the way 24 of 33, a buck 91 interception, long of 28, sacked once. Dawson Hurl, 1 of 3, 6 yards, sacked once. Running the ball, Trayvon Wolf for 13 carries, 67 yards, long of 13, 5.2 yards a carry. Steph, 11 carries, 45 yards, two touchdowns, long of 16, 4.1 yards a carry. Dawson Hurl, 2 for 14, 9 yards, long of 14, 4.5 yards a carry. Peyton Scott, 2 for 7, long of 4, 3.5 yards a carry. Will Mason, one for six. And then Andrew Carney, one for two. Receiving Terrell Davis, career day, nine catches, 78 yards, long a, long a 20. Christian Romero, five catches, 58 yards, long a 28. Darius Melton, two for 26, long a 16. Delso, two for 21, long a 15. Carney, two for eight, long a four. Oscar, three for six, long a seven. Payton, two for two, long a three. Uh, and then uh, Malachi Gatewood and Mr. Millingham each had drops. And then you're looking defensively, and probably the uh, the player of the week is going to be Terrell Davis. Just not going to do a poll. I, you, probably, you probably realized that when there was none yet, uh, up yesterday. It just was brutally apparent to me. Terrell Davis, the career day, uh, kind of was, was carrying the receiving core there. Felt like he should be the the chosen podcast player of the week. That's what we we are we are going with there. Uh, defensively, Grant Lord led the way. Ten tackles, one TFL. Connor Johnson nine tackles. Jack Puckett seven tackles, a half TFL. I will say Jack Puckett's looking looking as good as advertised, which is which is very good. I did not anticipate him having to be that Dylan Hall 
Blake Barone replacement this season, but he's done a well of a job so far. Uh, Mosley, five tackles, one breakup. Raekwon Wiggs, five tackles, one breakup. Kyshawn Murray, four tackles, three breakups. I, again, he had three breakups. Like, I, I truly do. I truly do. But it still was getting beat far too much than we want to see there. Uh, J.K., four, uh, four tackles, three breakups. Now, I, I thought he, again, by far to me, he had he had a solid game. I know I was going to say Kobe had the most breakups, but Kobe... Kobe also was picked on the most, I felt like, which is not good. I mean, we got an all-conference caliber guy here and he's getting picked on. So we just got to see more of that moving forward. Uh, Reed Lindsey, four tackles, one and a half TFLs, one sack. Marlo Hughes, four tackles. Thomas Webb Jr., four tackles. Zion Bell, four tackles, one TFL, one breakup. Uh, Kobe, three tackles, four breakups. Amante Davis, Three tackles, two breakups. Still, guys, just, just again, he still got, he still got cooked more times than not. Noah West, three tackles. Zay Adams, three tackles. Demory Ray, two tackles, a half TFL. Hunter Largen, two tackles, a half TFL. Uh, Lane had a tackle on probably on Steph's pick, and then Johnny Wilson had two breakups. I will say I was very impressed by Johnny Wilson. He um reminded me a lot of. Oh, what is his name? Um, Julius, Julius Coates. You remember at the end of the season last year when Julius Coates was affecting the, the, the pass game by batting balls down at the line of scrimmage? Johnny Wilson did a very good job on that, a very good job of putting his hand up, trying to obscure the passing lanes. So I do want to give him credit on that. Then looking here on special teams, David Vargas, six punts, average 42.3 yards a punt, long of 54. One inside the 20, one touchback, uh, and what two uh, 50 or more yards. Then in the return game, Terrell Davis, one punt return for two yards. And then on kickoff, Kobe Stevens, four for 87, long of 25. Uh, Covedo, four kickoffs, three touchbacks, one out of bounds, at 58 and a half yards. On kickoff, so now we turn our attention to the one and one Missouri Western Griffins coming off a unsurprising 68 to 14 road win over the hapless Lincoln Blue Tigers. They were only up 10 nothing in after the first quarter, but then would score 37 in the second. And uh at, at that point you knew the game was was over. So uh, uh, you know, uh, we're sure we'll, we'll go. We'll go over the numbers, but uh, is it? Is it? Uh, that's not to me. To me, I'm more. I look at more what they did against Central, Central Missouri than what they did against against Lincoln. Uh, Missouri Western had 25 first downs, 260 yards rushing, six and a half yards a carry, 295 passing, 555 on 64 plays. Uh, only three or eight on third. Okay, interesting. One on one on fourth. Seven of seven in the red zone with only one one on one on field goals. Then they allowed twenty first downs, a buck twenty five rushing, three and a half yards of carry, two ninety one passing, 
416 on 72 plays. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be skewed because I'm I betting outside of the first quarter, most of Lincoln's yardage came in the second half. Uh, allowed 10 to 17 on third, 0 or 2 on fourth, 1 or 2, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, 0 or 2 on fourth, 1 or 2 in the red zone. Then looking at the individual numbers from that game, uh, Missouri Western's quarterback, Armani Eden, who is 5'10", 177, College of the Canyon slash Hawaii transfer, okay. They not the guy from last year, okay. Uh, he threw for 278 and two touchdowns on 14 of 19 passing. He added 21 yards on the ground. Leading roster, Jared Scott, 13 carries, 92 yards, two touchdowns, 7.1 yards a carry. He's a six foot two eighteen senior, so got a big running back. We're gonna need the tackling to be on point. And I will say, I will say, I, the, I give the tackling credit. I felt like outside of that Mosley uh, miss, tackling was better. I felt like than than it was. However, I am noticing, and this is very constraining to me here. Uh, that Missouri Western does have some height out wide. I will say the UMass transfer for uh, Central Missouri, what is it, uh, what was his name? Michael Fitzgerald. He, he only had two catches, but they had, I noticed they were putting a safety over the top on him often. I, that's just a matchup problem. We don't match up well with with bigger receivers. Uh, Arkell Smith had a well of a game for UCM, uh, one one fifty two and three touchdowns on nine catches. I think he's like six two, six foot, six foot three, right? Like it just we don't match well yet against bigger receivers, which is a problem. So just keep that keep that in mind for uh, Missouri Western because they, they they do have a East Central transfer from Purcell, Jake Berry, who did have a touchdown catch in their win over Lincoln. 6'5", 229. Uh, they also have, well, we got a 6'3 receiver as well. It, it, yeah, this could, this could be tough again from that standpoint. So uh, we need to see an improved secondary. We, I, I get we had... Yeah, we had we had what we had a total of. Hold up, oh, I'm, on the, I'm on the wrong stats. We, we had a total of. Let's see, one, two, five. Okay. We had a total of seventeen breakups, but it still. It, <sighs> It's tough, right? I always say staffs don't tell the full story. This is a prime example of why staffs don't tell the full story. You're going to look at that and say, well, we had 17 breakups secondary. Couldn't have, couldn't have, couldn't have been that, that bad. It could have had more breakups if we made a play on the ball more often. Uh, again, we just, it, it, to me, and I could be wrong, I could could be completely off on this. If I, if I, if I am, I apologize. Feel free to tell me so. 
it just looked bad. The secondary, it just looked bad. Especially on third downs, we can't have guys. It almost reminded me of, of like OU secondary to the extent of it's like, okay, there's a few plays here and there where, okay, this is looking promising, but then when push comes to shove and you need to make a play, they don't, they don't do it. Um, so let's just not become OU secondary. It would just be lovely. Um, so that that that's kind of what Missouri Western is bringing to the table there. They notched only two sacks against Lincoln, so promising, right? They they, they did force two forced fumbles though, um, and they did have a few TFLs. But again, it's so tough because they're playing Lincoln. Like you can't you can't really assess stats against Lincoln. So. In the in the in the grand scheme of things, it com it com it comes down to the simple fact of UCO has to play four full quarters of football. If they do that, they should win this football game because they we saw they they pro they probably I think if they score if UCO either scores before the half or they score coming out of half. I think I'm talking about a different football game. I, I think I'm talking about a different football game. It's just tough when you can't score the ball in the second half. So if we get that fixed, uh, yeah, I feel like there's a very good chance we could rebound at home against Missouri Western. That is a... I think that's a 2 p.m. kickoff there Saturday. No, let me make sure. Uh, yeah, 2 p.m. kickoff. Uh, again, we know UC has only lost one home game so far in the Allen Doral era. Uh, it, it, we it, we just have to get four quarters of football. Like I don't. To me, that's the only thing holding us back. Get four quarters of football. Secondary shows any kind of improvements. We can win the football game. Like I, it, it, I'm not. I'm not. The, at this point, I feel like UCO can beat anybody they play. It's just whether or not they will play up to that potential is the million dollar question. So if if we, if we get if we get what we saw in the first half last week, what we saw in the first half against against Kearney for four quarters, Utah is going to win that football game. So I'm 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 hoping that they that that they rebound because I'm telling you right now, we have a very tough stretch of games because you've got Missouri Western, uh, and then you got you go to Emporia, tough place to play. Uh, Emporia, they, they had a very a very massive win on Thursday when we get into the to the scores here in just a second. Then you have an improved Missouri Southern team for homecoming, who had a very impressive win too on Thursday. You go to to Northwest, that's not an easy place to play place to play. Before you get Lincoln and NSU, so again, like this is a very telling four game stretch here. Where if UCO does not play their best ball, does not play four quarters, good chance they could go honestly all four in that stretch. Like I, you have to play four games against those teams. Like it, it's gonna, it's going to have to happen. So uh, if we if we still want to keep the hope alive. For playoff bid, postseason bid, and we we, we got to start that that improvements now. Like, I, and I mean now. And the schedule makers, 
did us zero favors, so we have to do it now. Uh, looking at the scores from this past week of action on Thursday, on Thursday, you had three games played. Missouri Southern on the road upset Washburn 30 to 30 to 23. I'm very glad for that program, glad for Coach Bradley there. Uh, uh, even the Central Missouri commentators, I think everybody in the conference is, is a fan of Coach, Coach Bradley, the way that he's, he's building that program. That's a massive win for them now. I think Wallsburg now falls to 0-2 on the season. Uh, so uh, just keep just keep an eye out on that. Uh, Emporia got their first win over Northwest in 29 years on the road in Marysville by 20 points, 33 to 13. First of all, I didn't know it had been that long since Emporia beat North, Northwest. Uh, however, if you ask me, was I surprised? No, because Northwest just doesn't impress you. Like they, I don't. I get they were ranked what five. They don't impress you. Like they, they really don't. I guarantee you. If I check this box score, I feel like Mike Honesty probably threw some picks. Oh, and what do you know? Emporia's uh, first touchdown of the game, 76-yard pick six. What did I say? If you pressure Mike Honesty, he's just not good, man. Oh, wow. Northwest threw six interceptions. <laughs> they used three different quarterbacks. Honesty threw one. Martin Henry, uh, uh, Henry Martin threw one. And then Chris... Roomkey through four. God, no, what that boy that that pass game gets worse every year. That is bad. That is very, 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 very bad. Okay, okay. So I, wow. Okay, that that's wow. Okay. Um, and then Pittsburgh State went to Fort Hayes, won forty to fourteen. I'm not. Kind of surprised it was that bad, kind of, not really. Um, I think Fort Hayes is still kind of down from what they, they used to be. Um, and looking at the game Saturday, obviously we know what happened in the UCO game. Um, Missouri Western, we know what happened there. And then I have to give Northeastern State credit because I, I figured Kearney, after the disappointing loss against UCO, was going to come out in the hung opener. Do what they did to Northeastern State last year when they scored 66 points. However, they only won 31 to 14 at home. I was very surprised by this. It was a top ball game at the end of the first quarter, only a 10 point game at the half. Uh, and Northeastern State scored in all but one quarter. I, you have to give Northeastern State credit because they were shut out on the road last week against. Uh, Fort Hayes, I mean, they 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 still were outgained. But, I mean, hey, they were 3-3 three three in the red zone. Uh, they still were 1-2 on field goals. But, like, and it wasn't like, and T.J. Davis still had three three touchdowns over 300 yards of total offense. Like, I, I, I just, I was just surprised, though, that it, that it was not, a thorough beatdown. So you you have you have to give Northeastern State credit there. I, I mean, you 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 really do. You really do. Um, I'm good for them. Okay, 
Um, so, <clears throat> but however, they fall to zero and two. So, looking at the games this week from now, every game is on a Saturday, to my knowledge. You've got Missouri Southern and Kearney at noon. That uh, hey, hey, that that right there. Listen, I, the the way Missouri Southern's playing right now, they could win that football game. They they could very well win that win that foot win win that win that game. Uh, Pitt State at Central Missouri at one p.m. could be a really good football game. I'm telling you that UCM offense is no joke. Uh, so yeah, okay, that yeah, I keep I keep I would keep an eye out on that on that game too. Uh, Missouri Western at UCO at two p.m. kickoff Richardson Stadium. Uh, Emporia at Northeastern State six p.m. in Tahlequah. It's probably going to get better. Now, there, there, is, there is a chance Emporia has a letdown after that, that massive win. Northeastern State did do well last week. I, I believe Emporia wins that game. It could be closer than what we're thinking that, that the score might be. Uh, Wasburg goes to Lincoln, 6 p.m. kickoff. That's probably going to get bad. And then Northwest at Fort Hayes, 7 p.m. kickoff. You know, I, Fort Hayes, The Fort Hayes had a chance in that football game because for, because because Fort Hayes defense I know they gave up forty points against Pitt State but Fort Hayes defense is still really good as long as because we saw what happened last year when they were still down some guys uh, I I thought that the pass rush was there and again if you get pressure on Northwest quarterbacks they just throw to the wrong color jersey I give Fort Hayes a chance in that football game. I don't know if offensively they have enough to get it done is my is my question there. Uh, so I look forward to being back out there Saturday again, 2 p.m. kickoff. Hope to see a rebound win for UCR. Again, we had a chance to go 2-0 for the first time in 19 years. And just, again, we what, what did we say was the key to the season? It was a fast start. We got that last week, didn't get it this week, need to get it next week. Cause here's the thing, if we're two and one, we still have a lot we still have a lot in front of us. If we fall to one and two, it gets tougher if we're hoping for a playoff bid and we have to run the table at that at that point. Uh so if we again we just get some improvements in the secondary, we get some improvements offensively in the second half. We can win a lot of football games. We just need to see it now. This can't be, oh, well, we'll see some progress and hope in a few weeks. No, we have to see this now. We have to see this Saturday. We have to play four full quarters of football. And we need to be able to go into Emporia the following week on the road, feeling confident that we can play four full quarters of football against a meaningful football team and come away with a, a win. So, um, again, we hope to be back on here next next, next week breaking that down. Uh, we got the, the highlight vid dropping tomorrow, 6 p.m. Middle Standard Time on the YouTube channel. The link for that, the link to the channel is in the description. I think we're at 120 subscribers over there, so I greatly appreciate that. Uh, before I get out of here, I want to shout out head coach Edgar Miracle. He had a very big milestone this weekend. 
as a volleyball team swept down there, I think in Texas, went 4-0, got his 250th career win. So shout out there to head coach Edgar Mericu and the volleyball team. Um, I know soccer had a very tough loss, and they're not 0-2-1 uh, on, the, on, the, on the season. It's still, it's still early there. And also want to give a shout out to two former UCL football players. Uh, former UCL defensive back Dantes Fagan. Uh, he went to Independence. Now he's at Charlotte. They played Maryland last night on TV. Man had a well of a game. Okay, he was he was playing his man one on one, and for the most part, at least what I saw in the first half, I didn't watch much in the second half because that Houston Rice game was getting was getting good. Uh, as was Texas and Bama. But he had a he had a well of a, of a, of a first half, several pass breakups, drew an offensive pass interference. Uh he could have used him, but he really could have used him out there Saturday. Uh, so I'm very glad to see him doing well. And I forgot to mention last week Tyrone Howe, the receiver out of out of out of Bell. Again, he uh, was a red shirt. They burned his red shirt against Lindenwood in 2018. I'm sorry, right. Had a 100-yard game there. Went on to have a great season. Got hurt early on his sophomore season. Transferred to Hutchinson Community College where he won a Juco National Championship. Did end up at Kansas State for every year before going to UL, UL Monroe last year. Led the team in receiving yards and, and touchdowns. He did have the game-clinching touchdown pass last week against his Army. Beautiful fade round in the corner of the end zone. One-handed catch. And he had... I forgot what his numbers were in their win over Lamar last night. But he did lead again again and catch it. So, what do you have a shout out there to Tyron Howe? Once again, proving that... The two after the uh, division is nothing. Even the UCM common commentators said this is high level football. Like the biggest difference, right, is normally depth, because um, that that their, your, your frontline talent, as, as evident right there by those two guys, can play at can play at a high division one level. So uh, I just wanted to give those two former Broncos there a huge shout out. So um, again. Not, it was not, not the outcome we were hoping for. However, we just hope we get a better outcome come Saturday. So, looking forward to being back there. Until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.